This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chess. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chelsea, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm one of your hosts, Jackie, and I'm here with my good friend, Rahul. You're going on vacation soon, but I love that you've put in the time and effort to chat Chelsea today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. You said I'm going away, so I'm looking forward to that, but it always helps when Chelsea win. Are you willing to share with the listeners where you're going on vacation? I'm going to Europe. I'm not going to watch Chelsea, but I am Ooh. going to Europe. <laughs> I thought he would plan the vacation around Chelsea, especially since we're coming off winning ways. You may want to spend some time with Poch, give him a little hug and say, keep going down this path and doing what you're doing. I, I just saw him a month ago, so <laughs> I, he, he knows what I, how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, my friend, thank you for taking the time. I know you're traveling pretty quickly here to go to Europe. I hope you have a good vacation and Maybe we'll have a guest to cover while you're out. I don't know. Or maybe we'll do a bye week and give the listeners a little break. But we'll figure that out. So tune in to find out. Rahul, let's jump into the Premier League. Let's jump into Chelsea. Luton comes to town. We expected big things in the previous game. We didn't get big things in the previous game. (laughs) But I think you and I were fairly confident that we would do the business against Luton. And I guess the business gets done. So why don't you summarize quickly your thoughts and then we'll break down the starting eleven. Like you said, the, the business gets done. We get a few goals. A striker gets off the mark. And overall, we start the season finally with, you know, third game in. We get a win. So uh, it came. the game came at a right time for us because we needed, uh, we needed to move on from the West Ham result. But we also needed to just register our first win of the season. And I think, if I'm right, it was like only a fourth or fifth win of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so we desperately needed it. And now we're, I think you've reminded me, in the top half of the, the Premier League table. Isn't that an amazing stat? And I think we're not only in the top half of the Premier League table, but we're the top half of the Premier League table for the first time in 2023. So I know we're being a little funny here, but maybe these are the silver linings that you and I have been looking for all year long, maybe all 18 months long at this point in time. But listen, I was excited with the performance. You you highlighted some key things there with the striker coming off the mark. We'll talk about your favorite player later on in the segment because I know he's been having a blinder in the last couple of games. But let's break down the starting 11. I'll get your take in a few minutes here, Rahul. But Rob Sanchez and goal. We go at a three at the back again. That's DeSassi, Silva, and Colwell. Colwell playing on the left side as usual. We've got the right wing back of Gusto, of course, Ben Chilwell, our captain on the left wing back, Gallagher and Caicedo in that anchor, which is interesting. We can talk a little bit more about it. And then an attacking two of Sterling and Fernandez, which may be something unique there with Fernandez playing a little higher up the pitch. And Nicholas Jackson leading the line. Of course, he's our main striker at this point in time. So Rahul, first question. We've asked it in the last few <laughs> few episodes here. All preseason long, we play a back four. Now we've been squeezing out this back three, three games in a row. What do you make of it? Do you think this is going to continue? I want to say it's going to continue based on what we've seen, at least for the next game and maybe after the international break it changes. But you can see why he's doing it. You can see that he thinks uh, having Nkunku out, having Carney out, and not maybe having uh, Romeo Lavia ready yet, he just wants 
a little more protection and defense. And sure, it didn't work out against West Ham, but that was maybe down to more individual errors than the formation itself. But it's interesting. You you look at it and you say, do we need that many defenders against Luton Town? Fair, yeah. But we're at a stage and at a point where he just stuck to it. It worked out. Buys him another week. And, and I, I do believe he will continue with at least uh, this formation for at least another week, maybe a little bit longer, until he has the players and he has the right. uh, ability to go back to playing a back four while dominating and keeping the ball and, and doing everything that Pochettino likes to do. And I think that's what's key, right, is we are winning now. At least we've come back to winning ways with a back three. And I think Chelsea fans grew tired of a back three towards the end of Tuchel's era and maybe parts of, you know, Graham Potter's era as well, where we said it's a little more defensive, not necessarily because you've got good wing backs that are attacking, but there's an extra center back there that, like you highlighted against a Luton, maybe we don't need maybe you can have a mudrick or maybe you can have a madueke come on and of course we saw ian matson play almost as an attacking midfielder in preseason so there are options and i'm sure that pochettino has his reasons i think if we keep winning and we keep performing this win again it was luton like you said and so we know there's a little bit of a step down where we can maybe have a little more possession a little more attacking threat but if this doesn't work, you'd, you'd almost imagine Chelsea fans calling for a four, throwing in an extra attacking player. And a lot of Chelsea fans in social media, comments online, want to see Madueke get a few more minutes and maybe Mudrik a few more minutes. But, you know, as long as we win, Poch has got his hands on the wheel. We'll see how that plays out. You highlighted Nicholas Jackson scoring a goal there. We'll save him for later. We kick off that first half pretty well, Rahul, and we get a goal pretty early in the form of... Raheem the Dream. You haven't been very critical of Raheem on the podcast, but maybe behind the scenes you've made it known he's not been your favorite player for valid reasons. Very expensive, had a lot of pressure on his shoulders because he's been fantastic for Manchester City. In fact, he's done the business against us many times. In this game, though, Rahul, hard to fault him. Very hard to fault him. Very. He was he was the difference. Uh, and, and it wasn't just because of the goals, but he did everything right he felt comfortable he felt like he was the main man he felt like he was the one that was saying give it to me i'll make i'll make something happen and that's what we've asked for that's what we've asked for the last year we said you've come in as the main guy we've spent money on you sure it wasn't a hundred million like we spent on some of the other guys but we spent money on you and you come in with the experience of the league you come in with the experience of playing uh in the premier league on the wing for almost 10 plus years now at this point so we look at him as that star player or as that player that we can rely on as a fan base and it's tough in times where everything that's gone down with our club last year to point the finger at raheem sterling and say well you should continue to perform uh, but even in preseason, we were seeing where he would try to run in and take players on and he would lose it. And that's where the frustration was, is if you want to run at players, you can do it, but just be a little more careful with, with your decision-making when you're trying to dribble or or just cut back and pass it and retain the ball. But we've seen a different Raheem Sterling in, in the start of this season. It's almost been a, a progression of getting to the point of what we got against Luton Town and it was Luton Town. It was their second game in the Premier League. So 
we can get too carried away. But when you look at Raheem Sterling put in this kind of performance, you say, let it continue because that's absolutely what we want from him. Rahul, that first goal was absolutely sublime. I think he takes on four players, quick feet, nice touches, and he smashes it into the corner and you go, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but you go like, that's almost Aiden Hazard-like. And it's not me trying to say Raheem was like Aiden Hazard because Raheem in his own standards is a fantastic player. We've seen him do things like that for Manchester City. And various media outlets have reported that he's committed to the Chelsea cause. And by that, he's gone and spent time with Pochettino and said, I didn't have a good season last year. I'm changing my diet. I want to play a specific way. What can I do to improve? And it's just various different media agencies saying he's really committed to saying, how can I help carry this team? And, and you know, that's not fair to say that Raheem needs to carry Chelsea, but we are a very, very young squad. I can't think of anybody outside of Thiago Silva pushing that 25, 26-year age mark. Raheem's there 27, 28. He's the one that needs to be that forward-carrying player that says, I can and I will guide these young players. I will lead by example. And yes, it's against Luton, but I think this is all just confidence builders. If Raheem can do this, get a couple of goals here, get an assist, show the team that he's maybe back to his best. And I think we have to say that with a pinch of salt, right? Because it takes three, four, five games of us seeing it consistently to say, yes, he is back to his best. We can now rely on you and he's going to get the best of the players around him as well. Absolutely. And it's one thing to to say the things that he said this season, which is I, I want to be Chelsea's top goal scorer. And, and after this game, he says, I want to be obsessed with football again, which tells you that he's not happy with the way things have gone for him at Chelsea so far. And, and he's determined to put him right, which is what we want as a fan base. We want him to put him right. And whatever happens from that point on, it happens. But if you look at it, even in this game, when he picks up the ball for that first goal, there's five Luton defenders yeah. ahead of him. And, and there's one that's coming up to him on the edge of the box, but then there's another four in the box. So he's taken it upon himself to, to dribble through, to cut through and just create something out of nothing. And when you pick up that ball in that right wing, no one, I don't even think Raheem Sterling himself was expecting <laughs> for it to open up in such a way that he'll yeah. end up with a goal. But that's what you get when you are in this kind of form, you're trying to create a little bit of havoc and suddenly when we go into the next game and the next couple of games, defenders aren't going to say, well, Raheem's going to not do anything. He, they they yeah. now know he has the ability or he's rediscovered the ability to do this kind of a finish or at least drive into the box and maybe pick up a foul and, and win a penalty like he did against West Ham. So it's been a great start. Last week you asked me, I said, we saw it for a little bit of a stint against West Ham. We saw it for a longer time here against Luton. Now we need to see it against Forrest before we go into the international break. And we need to continue to see it this season because, you, like you said, there is a younger squad around him. But when Raheem yep. does these things... ...pressure off some of the other guys, but also allows uh, Raheem to be that guy and say, give it to me, I'll make something happen, I'll give it to you and I'll provide an assist like he does eventually for Jackson. But so far, so good. Let it continue. I think that's what's key is that we have to have Raheem continue with this quality. And I think if all articles and all news is to be believed, I think he's trying to go down this path. Rahul, I want to talk about one of the young players that are backing up Raheem, not backing up, but maybe 
helping Raheem in this position on the right-hand side, and that's Malo Gusto. We knew that when he came in, he was obviously a fit, fast, attacking right back, but maybe in our hearts we said, how much is he really going to play when Reese James is out there? Because Reese James is the captain. Reese James is the mercurial guy that gets goals, bombs forward, attacks. But if you take your heart out of it, you know Reese James is unfortunately very injury prone. And his history has shown that in a season, he barely plays half of the games. And early on now, unfortunately, he's been injured again. And so Malo comes in and I don't hear a lot of complaints from the Chelsea fans like last season. And all love to Aspilicueta, but his pace had kind of let him go. And so for the Premier League against some of these attacking players, it's difficult to whip him across or get an assist. And so Malagusto has kind of grown into this position over the last few games. He's been consistent. He's been a little bit more reserved. But against Luton, and again, and I mean this with the most respect, I think Luton's always almost more on the back foot. They're going to block, try and keep it tight. But Malo is playing high up. He's finding Raheem. He's putting crosses. And one thing I like about him, Rahul, is he's he's okay hugging that touchline, which allows a player like Raheem to say, I can go in this time and maybe be a little more effective, penetrating the team from a, a little more of an angle rather than hugging the touchline. And maybe that's why he's a bit more effective and it gives him a chance. But I was impressed with Malagusto. You have been impressed with Malagusto. But what can you say about him in this game? This was his game in the sense that he provided both assists for Raheem and he continuously made runs down that right-hand side. He provided, if it was coming inwards, he provided that outlet. If it was providing an overlap, he provided that as well. And we could see why he was purchased and allowed to stay on loan last season Yeah, because other teams would have been in for him this summer and it would have just made it difficult for us to get him, not to say that he wouldn't have picked us because we're Chelsea, but... Uh, <laughs> There's a reason the club went out and said last January that here you go, Leon, we're going to give you the money you want. You keep him, but we want him in the summer because we need that cover. We need to provide an option when Reese James is out. And certainly that option at this point is turning into first choice because yeah. now I'm looking around. And I'm like, we have a midweek game. We should rest Malo Gusto here. <laughs> um, and that's the importance of him. And, and it's, it's interesting because you think about it and when Espelicueta came to this club mm-hmm. and he's been a great servant, he ended up being captain, he played multiple different positions, but that wing back or fullback, whatever you want to call it, that's almost evolved in that mm-hmm. in the last 10 years or so. And it's so much more important for a team to have a, a, a fullback that can attack, can, can provide assists, that can almost become this extra midfielder or winger. Uh, but also get back and defend. And sure, maybe Malagusto's defensive work isn't there yet, but when you're playing a back three, he doesn't really need to be doing that. And, and that might be another reason Pochettino is, is working with the back three to say, chill well, Malagusto, go ahead and, and do what you need to do in attack because we have Disasi, Tiago, and Colwell providing that solidity at the back. And Caicedo, let me not forget. I'm holding off on Caicedo because I want to spend a few minutes talking about him, but you mentioned Ben Chilwell. Let's go to the other side of the pitch. We know what Ben Chilwell is famous for, Rahul. We're used to this. We've got excited by his bombing runs, his ability to chip in with goals. I think maybe close to double figures he gets every season, seven, eight goals. In this game, I thought he was very good bombing forward. But did you get the sense that he was maybe a little nervous or maybe like it's his first game wearing the captain's armband and he's like, I don't know if I should shoot or I should pass. And a couple of opportunities where I'm like, that's the goal. It's another one added. And Ben Chilwell just 
makes a poor decision. Listen, I'm not going to hold it against Ben Chilwell because I know how key he's been for us. But you would almost wonder what more would do for the Chelsea team's confidence if Ben's scoring that one, or maybe if he's not going to score it, assist it properly to, to Raheem or Nicholas Jackson. But what did you make of his performance? I thought fantastic going forward, but maybe that clinical last-minute finish or, or pass was a little bit weak in this game. For how much we love Ben Chilwell, he's not an attacking player. <laughs> so that's where in the final third sometimes... I mean, he scored fantastic goals. He scored some great goals for us. But maybe in the moment where you have an extra couple of seconds to think about it, you have Raheem running running down your side and you're like, do I pass it? Do I shoot? And you kind of get stuck in that mind frame. That's where his left back comes in him in his, in his <laughs> defensive way, right? But um, I'm not making an excuse for him and, and we win this game so we can laugh about it. But yeah. It could have been a crucial moment where he messes that up and Luton go up the other way and get a goal. And we're looking around, we're like, chill, we'll just shoot, right? <laughs> um, and and hopefully that that tells him that just shoot next time. You're wearing the ca- captain's armband. You don't have to provide the assist for Raheem. He's already got one at that point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he could have done better. Ultimately, he does what he has to do on that left side. I, I am interested to see when we go back to the back four, um, when he has to do more of the defensive work, how comfortable he is. But right now it's working, and it's working well enough. And, I, again, he went off earlier than the 90-minute mark, which tells me we're managing his minutes, which is fine with me because I can't have both Reese and Ben out. <laughs> and, listen, you say Ben's not an attacking player. I'm sure some Chelsea fans will attack you for saying that because <laughs> he's been very clutch many times at scoring goals. And I think the key point that I take away from this, Rahul, is what you said is if we're not 1-0 up, if it's not Luton, and this poor judgment ends up being Luton scoring and it's a 1-1 draw, Luton find a way to you know get a second one and we're losing 2-1, Fans get more frustrated with these little things. A lot of fans are on edge given last season. And so we forgive him for this one, but you've got to be a little more clinical. And I think that's what's important. We'll come to Nicholas Jackson here in a second, but that's the point we want to see is Chelsea be a little more ruthless. 3-0, we're very happy. And I think we're not trying to be critical, but we have to observe some things that could have gone better. Can these guys find a way to punish the other team a little more and take their chances a little more ruthlessly. And maybe we're getting too early because we just come off a 3-1 loss and we're like, oh, we are not going to be able to score three against Luton. But we've done the business. And maybe this is where we're building off of this. And Potts says, I'm okay with this today. I'm okay with this the next time. But the third time, there's going to be a problem where I'm going to have to you know, reprimand you or you sit down for the game because you're not doing that final third moment that he needs to really bury this team and just add the goals that we want for the team. So we love Ben. We can't criticize him too much, but Ben, shoot next time. And he came on his Instagram and said that as well. I should have shot, but overall, I think a good performance from him. Let's transition up to Nicholas Jackson for a moment here. First goal in a Chelsea shirt, at least in a competitive game, I should say. You could see the joy in this man's face. We've already covered Raheem <laughs> to find him with the fantastic cross. But I think it is very refreshing for me to see a striker that's hungry, that makes that run, is determined to slide and tap it in. I don't care if it's tapping or whatnot, but I haven't seen that in a few good years, my friend, where there's a striker that wants to get an end of a cross. So I'm pleased. What did you make of Jackson and if you feel comfortable, maybe share some of the text messaging you shared with me about what you think Jackson kind of does when he's not. <laughs> <scoring both. laughs> 
Well, way, way to put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I've been impressed with him. He's come in as an unknown entity. You and I have I've seen him personally and have grown to like him. We're impressed with his work rate. We're impressed with his runs and, and ability to find open spaces, which drags defenders out of space. And, and we've, we've comment, commented on all of that and commended him for all of that. But um, I just, in this game, felt up until the goal, he just seemed a little, maybe edgy is the word, because he wanted that goal. He was mm-hmm. maybe putting that pressure on himself where he's saying, if I don't get it in this game, that's just one more week I have to wait to get my first goal. And and that's fair, right? He is a striker. For everything that he does well as a striker, he's there to score goals. And maybe he's hurting from the fact that we've drawn the first game and lost the second one, uh, where maybe he could have contributed a goal and it's a different story. So it it just felt like he was a little edgy, maybe a little rusty or just trying a little too much. Uh, but then, like you said, he slides in for... a a goal that Raheem puts beautifully on a plate. And I think you and I have come to, to accept that no, none of our players will be there in time yeah. in the past seasons or do the action to, to slide and, and tap it in, but he does. And, and that's where his long legs come into, come into play. And I'm not going to share the word I used over text, but um, overall, if it was a good game and I'm glad he capped it off with the goal, but I'd like to see a little bit more from him, especially with the finishing, because he had chances before that, uh, which he didn't get, and he gets this one. And I just want to see a little bit more. Yeah, and I think, Rahul, what what I've seen, and it kind of echoes what you said as well, is that when we are not able to serve him or when we're not able to feed him, he will drop deep and look to be involved in the play. And I think that's very important because when he drops deep, it allows the likes of Sterling to run in behind. In this case, Gallagher, Fernandez to run in behind and bring them into the play, which is, is very important. But he can be at times kind of just trying to do it on his own, which I see where he'll grab the ball and just go on a long run. And listen, we praised him for this against Liverpool, but I think in times where there's a quick pass or there's a there's an opportunity to take a shot, it's that little more decisiveness that you maybe want from him. But I think he's also 21-22, Rahul. New league. We praised him a lot in preseason, but I think now you're seeing the reality of a young striker. And I think that's the reason Poch has been quoted as saying, I need another offensive player. And I don't think it's necessarily targeted Nicholas Jackson, but I think he's looking for some experience. Nicholas Jackson shows he's got all the right attributes. And even Pochettino is quoted saying he can go on to be one of the best strikers in the Premier League. But maybe he's not just there yet. I think that's what you have as your criticism of him is he needs to evolve a little more. He needs to grow into the team a little bit more, maybe be a little more clinical in the final third, and you will just see him kick off to be a very, very good striker for us. At this point, all the signs show that it's going in the right direction. So we don't want to be negative. But yeah, we have to be critical of some of the things that he can do better. Let's slide into the midfield. Look at us being Look at us being critical of a striker that scored. <laughs> when the past, we're like, we just need someone to put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> we, we needed anybody to put the ball in the back of the net for the long time. And and I must say, you know, between him and Raheem, obviously when, you know, Mudrik comes on and Madueke comes on, they are forming a little bit of a partnership where they're able to find each other and talk to each other and make things work. But Rahul, let's talk about the midfield trio. I know Enzo played a little bit higher in this game. What did you make of Enzo Fernandez? And before you say it, I thought he was, again, 
very brilliant with his composure, with his passing, with his little keepy-uppies as he finds Raheem Sterling on the turn. And he's an exciting player to watch, my friend. Very exciting. He, he definitely is. And I'm glad that we're able to unlock his attacking side by having a Caicedo and a Gallagher behind him and saying, just Enzo, just do what you want to do. He hits the post at one point. And we're going to see this happen a little bit more as we go ahead because he's the, you said relationship. Yeah. He's that ball he put over for Raheem. I think he just put it and Raheem made the run. But yeah, imagine now working a month further or two months further or six months into the season, that relationship they've developed. Raheem's just going to make that run as soon as the ball yeah. comes into to Enzo. And there could be someone else on the other side that Enzo says, you know what, I'm not going to put it here. I'm going to swing it all the way to the other side for Ben Showell or Madueke or Mudrik or whoever's on the other side. Um, and he just has the vision. He has the, the the finesse where he's like, he makes a situation with the ball that comes into him into a pre-assist, like we yeah. we call it before the assist happens for, for the goal. Um, and it's just very comforting and and easy on the eyes to see him do that and i've missed seeing that from our number eight no disrespect to Kovacic, he'll hold different player different attributes different ability but enzo just has that extra touch extra world-class kind of feeling around him and he's still very young so he's going to develop and he ends up with the captain's armband which was which was an interesting pick but he's almost a leader in this because of his experience that he's had so far in his career and I'm I'm excited. I'm and I go back to my fist bump because it all started there. <laughs> he goes from being the villain missing the penalty in the first half against West Ham to being one of the dazzling magicians in this game. And Rahul, I think we have to be honest with ourselves, and we say this with a lot of respect. Luton is a step down compared to West Ham, and I think they're finding their feet and they're finding their way. But these are the games that I look at and I say, if you're winning them and your team is building that chemistry and they're building that rapport together, it's very important to take this opportunity and heap praise. But I have to concur, my friend. I thought he was very smart as a football player. I think he knows what he's doing. He's almost like a step ahead of some of the players around him. And I know where they are, what they're going to be doing. And I like your analysis and your take of if they're playing together for two, three months, they're going to build that chemistry even a step further where, like you said, the players are making runs as soon as it gets to Enzo's feet because they know he is the kind of player that can pick a pass. He can squeeze one through and find me. And from there, either it's the assist or it's the pre-assist, like you said, to be the final product in, in getting a goal, which is very, very important. So more to come from him. I'm and, excited and we to see saw that. Some, we saw some flashes of it last season with that chip ball to Kai Havertz against Leicester and yep. the assist for Joe Felix against West Ham. But he was a little bit deeper, which yep. I think prevented him from showing some of these attributes and abilities. But the more Caicedo comes in, Romeo Lavia comes in, Enzo's going to feel more protected in the sense that maybe I don't have to run back and, and keep you know the defensive work. He's going to do it because he's that yeah. kind of a player, but he just has that vision. And, and the more we unlock it, the better it is because it will benefit our attackers. It really will. And... Talking about some of the guys doing the dirty work, Rahul, we'll come to Caicedo in just a second, but Conor Gallagher was a name last season where many Chelsea players and Chelsea fans, I beg your pardon, were saying he's not Chelsea material. He's probably a guy that needs to be out the door. He's buckled down. He's worked extremely hard. He's looked very good in preseason, but now 
in Premier League games, I think I call him the dog, where he's just running around, nipping at players' heels, trying to get stuff done. And he may not be the most flashy player, but I don't think that matters. I think in Pochettino's book, he's doing the pressing, he's doing the closing down, he's making sure that a flashier player like Enzo is maybe protected a little bit, like you said, and doesn't have to worry about doing some of that dirty work. And I, for one, I'm so pleased that he's staying at this point in time. Obviously, Chelsea's crazy, and in a few days could change their minds and do something nuts. But I think at this point, Pochettino and the Chelsea fans have also said he needs to be around and continue with us for the foreseeable future. But we say that a lot of our commentary now, Rahul, for Moises Caicedo, had an absolutely poor game against West Ham. Almost felt like he was rushed in just to make an appearance and kind of squeeze in his debut. And I said, maybe let's give him a chance to come back and see how this goes. You said give him a chance. It was just squeeze quickly. I thought he did exactly what we've purchased him to do. Protect that back four, forward-looking, making sure he makes the smart pass and allowing that transition to build up quickly. Impressed. Not sure of 100 million just yet, but still impressed. What do you make of Caicedo, my friend? It was, like you said, exactly what we expected, but maybe not to the level that we expect. But he's still not 100% fit yet. This was just his first start for us. And that West Ham game, I almost kind of put it, put it in the back, right? Because it was away from home. There was so much going on. He makes a mistake. I think he was just eager to impress. But in this game, you saw what we've bought him to do. And maybe that one moment where he falls over the ball trying to protect it was the only moment I can think of as a negative. Well, I'm sure Brighton fans and rival fans will will pick that up and, and run with it. But he did everything else right. And he provided the cover. He provided, I even think the ball that went into Malo, who eventually gives it to Sterling, came from Caicedo, who was further right. up the pitch. So he he's not just there to do the dirty work. He's there to almost like you said, progress the ball forward while being responsible, which is what we want from him. And I can't wait to see the relationship Caicedo, Enzo, Lavia, Connor Gallagher develop because those four are are our midfield options. And those are some fantastic midfield options to have. I'm sure any any team in this league would love that. So uh, a good debut, good home debut. Again, we got to build upon it and build upon it against other teams, not just Luton. But it's a step in the right direction. It really is. And I think as we do the next couple of episodes, knock on wood, the teams that we're playing seem to be a little bit more manageable, obviously. And I hope that we can use those opportunities to get a couple more wins under the belt, build that chemistry that you and I are talking about. And hopefully in that time, he'll get to integrate a couple more players that we haven't seen enough of. And that should give us an opportunity to really rotate them. Uh, one final question, Rahul, before we wrap up. Obviously, we know the game finishes 3-0. Uh, at some point, Mason Burstow comes on for a few minutes. And young lad, young striker trying to make a name for himself. But I think Pochettino has been calling out for an attacking player. I'm not sure if he's looking for a striker, if he's looking for an attacking midfielder. Do you think we need to add a little more to this Chelsea team? I think in the last episode, we discussed maybe leave things as they are and stop adding more players. But I'd like to get your thoughts really quickly on that. Uh, it seems like we're going to add one more attacking player and it's going to be someone that can play the 10, but the wing and maybe even as a striker. So sure, another option would be great because as you would expect, the further along we go into the season, teams are going to figure out 
Nicholas Jackson. They're going to figure out how to contain him in certain games. And that's where we need a different option to come on. Maybe not a striker, but someone to play off of him in the absence of Nkunku and Carney. So uh, maybe I'm changing my tune in less than a week. But it seems like the club are in for an attacking player. And and the, my only ask would be it's someone that's knows the league because that helps with the progression. We don't want to bring someone totally new, a, a youngster who's 19, 20. Now they've got to figure out the league. And in that much time, we have an Nkunku coming back who is the natural number 10 or, or player that we want to have. So that would be my only my only. thing if the club are doing it let's just do it yeah i have to agree with you there hopefully they know what they're doing but i still take my stance on if we don't sign anybody i think we've got enough in the locker to manage just the three competitions with no europe that we are in this season but all's well that ends well we win three nil we're back to winning ways chelsea fans excited rahul let's take a quick break here for a word from our sponsors the Premier Chels has partnered with Fubo TV. Fubo TV is your home for live sports and TV without a cable in the US and Canada. You can watch on all your devices, which means you don't have to miss any of the actions or goals that Chelsea score in the Premier League and Champions League. You heard that right. Fubo TV Networks broadcast Premier League, Champions League, and many other leagues and tournaments. So what are you waiting for? Start your free trial today at FuboTV.com forward slash TPC. All right, we are back. Rahul, before we talk about some other Premier League fixtures, I want to spend a couple minutes talking about Chelsea's transfer business. We alluded to that just a few minutes ago about maybe we're bringing another player, but we have signed another player since then. We've added to the goalkeeping ranks, and I don't even want to try to say his name, so I apologize right away. Just, but Just say George. <laughs> We'll just call him George, right? No, but I think we signed a Serbian goalkeeper from the New England Revolution by the name of Dorde Petrovic. I think I'm close enough there, but uh, I know we needed some cover. I don't know much about this player, but obviously he comes in. Another young goalkeeper at the age of 23, coming from the USA as well. I guess you know we needed some cover. Do you know anything about this player? Just happy to have that competition in the goalkeeping position. I don't know much about him, but happy to have the competition. It's, again, one that the the club and the scouting team have identified that may not have been on our radar or, or someone that maybe would have come in at a different team and we would have dropped $100 million two years <laughs> on. Um, so similar to maybe a Nicholas Jackson, we've done some smart business. We wait to see uh, when he plays and how that works out for us, but hopefully it's another... Uh, signing that we've kind of pulled off and he can come in and give the competition to Sanchez that we we need at this point. So we'll wait to see how it goes. We will. There's a lot of changes going on at Chelsea. We signed David Washington as well, who is a young Brazilian striker. I don't know if that plan is to keep him and maybe bring competition for Jackson or potentially he goes on loan. I think he's also 17, 18 years old. And so that'll be an interesting one. Keeping with the outgoings now, Rahul, Andre Santos, who impressed a lot of us in preseason, we would have hoped he would say it, but obviously with the signings of Caicedo and Lavia, maybe that's changed. He goes on loan to Nottingham Forest. It's a Premier League loan, my friend, and I think hopefully he can get some game time and maybe build on his potential there. It, it is, but 
if there's any other club apart from Chelsea that have signed player upon player, it's Nottingham Forest. True. And so for him to go from Chelsea to Nottingham Forest, where there is competition, and even today I see that they're in for Wilfred and Didi from Leicester, Mm. that's just another player that's coming in ahead of him. When they're buying a player, they're not going to suddenly be like, but we're going to play our lone player over you. Uh, So it just seems a little strange that we agreed to do that because there are other teams in the in the Premier League, and if not, you do a similar kind of Cesar Caicedo deal and send him to the Championship, where you know he'll get more game time and he'll get more exposure. So it's a little strange, and I, I wonder if in about six months' time we we can cancel the loan if it's not going the right way mm. and reassess the situation and send him where, if not the first choice, he's at least coming off the bench or starting some of the cup games. Because with Nottingham Forest, I, I don't see that happening. And that is the worry with the loan system is hopefully you know that the team has done the right selection and the right vetting to to make sure that these guys that are going out on loan are getting the experience and the time that they need to develop. So I'm wishing him well. I hope he can continue off the great preseason that you and I saw him have and he can build on that. Sticking with outgoing Samoa Rahul, uh, Trevor Chaloba linked with a Bayern Munich move, which is absolutely incredible. You and I have kind of flip-flop our stance on Chaloba over the last few years. Obviously, came in, broke through under Thomas Tuchel, played a lot of games for him and was was decent. Kind of fell off the map a little bit, but in preseason, we saw him a little bit again, got injured. But it sounds like Thomas Tuchel has made a phone call and said, Big Trev, come join me in Germany. I've got some interesting things happening. How do you feel about this one? Do you think we would be silly to let him go? Or is it just the nature of the transfer business at this point in time? I believe it's the nature of the the business, and we did even after uh, he had a decent preseason, and we weren't we didn't know he was going to get injured in that game. Right before that, we announced Disasi coming in. Mm. So the, maybe the plans always have been that if something comes in for Chaloba and it's acceptable, we would let him go. It, it ultimately is profit for us because he is a, an academy boy. But I would have liked to see him this season barring the injury get a few more opportunities because he has developed and he has turned into a player that we can rely on so if he goes to to Bayern and Tuchel good luck to him I'm sure he'll do well because Tuchel did really like him uh, and that'll be a great experience for him yeah I definitely will feel like we are missing out on some more academy products especially with Lewis Hall leaving as well but I think the Chelsea hierarchy is looking to balance the books a little bit more and I know that Unfortunately for the academy players, it's pure profit when they're sold. And so I, for one, know we have a lot of center backs, but with Thiago Silva turning 39, obviously Fofana with his injury issues, it would be nice to keep Trevor, but it's business as usual at Chelsea with ingoings and outgoings. And Rahul, before we move on, the last outgoing, which has all but been confirmed, we got a here we go from uh, our Fabrizio Romano this morning, has been Romelu Lukaku is now exiting the club to join Roma on loan. He pairs up with Jose Mourinho again. I see you're doing a little celebration dance there. We talked about getting this donkey out of the club. And everything it sounds like, or it's leading towards Rahul, is that there is a loan fee of up to $9, 10000000 million. And we are not going to be paying his heavy wages for an entire season. Maybe not the outcome as we were looking for sale, but feels like something's working in the background to kind of get some negativity out of Chelsea Football Club. Oh, yeah, we, we've seen that all summer long is we've moved on players that are not part of the plans. And with Lukaku, I think we tried a few different things. They didn't work out. 
we settled for this loan. But even with that, we've heard that he's lowered his wages, not just to move to Roma, but even for the final two years of his contract, which are still <laughs> valid at Chelsea. And then we've added in a release clause, which means if he does well at Roma and they're willing to pay that clause, he's all theirs. Or if there's another club in the world that wants to pay for the drama, uh, he's all theirs. But it's I'm trying to think of another player that's come into the club. And I, I can't think of a worse signing that we've made for as Chelsea maybe in the last 20 years or so. Yeah. It's just gone so horribly wrong and he came in two two years ago jackie two years we were celebrating lukaku's here he's gonna do it this he's time home. This, we thought he was home yeah right? he's the striker that we've missed and blah 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 and four months in it was over it's it's just i and i i mean i think i know who we can blame and and maybe it's not entirely all on lukaku but you see some of the things he does. He's trying to get to Inter, but he's flirting with Juventus. And it's just some baffling decisions and choices that Van makes. And he's going to be remembered more for off-field antics than yeah. anything else, which is sad because he is a decent player. But uh, good riddance. Listen, there are a couple of key takeaways from that. I think if anybody can get him straight, Jose can get him straight. And for Jose to want to bring Lukaku to the club, I'm sure he knows all of the business that's going on behind the scenes and is willing to figure all that out. So credit to Jose for doing that. And another important piece that I find very intriguing is with the Houston Supporters Club here, the Houston Blues, uh, one of their founders or one of their you know board members said, isn't it just fate or isn't it just funny that Romelu Lukaku comes to Chelsea, starts his major career in the loan system, and now the age of 30, 31 is going to end his career in the Chelsea loan system. So it's kind of an interesting story as it goes from start to finish. But for us Chelsea fans, I think we wanted this to be put to bed this season. And then we can kind of move on from there. And unfortunately, next season, we have to wait and see how things play out before we move on from this entire saga. I'm just going to put this out there. He has gone to Roma. There's a former Chelsea striker at Roma who's injured right now, but he will be coming back. Maybe next summer, someone else will be coming home. That will just be, leave that out there. That'll be a very interesting saga as it continues to develop over the next year. But we'll leave it at transfer business there for now. Let's move on and talk about other Premier League games. Obviously, Chelsea was one of the earliest that played on Friday afternoon, which was interesting. But we move on to Saturday and we're following some of the teams in and around the top four. Rahul, Arsenal play Fulham. I didn't get a chance to watch this game, but... I turn it on, and obviously Fulham are leading the way in this game very early on. And you go, this London derby could take a turn, and Fulham could do the business. But Arsenal come back to one, and you go, yep, they found a way to secure this, <laughs> and they're going to finish it. But in the dying embers, Fulham said, we're here, and we're here to prove something, and it ends 2-2. Are Arsenal choking early this season? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you, you know what? I think they're just finding their feet, which is strange to say because they found their feet right from the beginning last season and continued it through towards the end. But it's they've had an injury to one of their new defenders. Arteta is trying something new with Partey at right back and maybe trying to fit in Agent Kai, uh, who's doing his best job <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to keep that agent title, at least for us Chelsea fans. But no, jokes aside, it's they almost seem a victim of their own and Arteta's own kind of thought process where he's doing a little bit too much. 
Yeah. Um, just stick to the basics. Play defenders where they need to play. And you and I have said this for our team is is don't play players out of position just to to see how it goes. Um, and yes, there were individual mistakes in this game that ultimately lead to their conceding. But if you're going to catch City and and that's the expectation from not just their own fans but a lot of the other uh, pundits and groups, you can't be dropping points at home. Yeah, it's definitely something, especially in London. We've talked about the derby that we lost last week. I've got to bring us back down to earth. It is important to just stamp your authority very early on and make sure you're telling these teams we are here to win and we are here to compete early on in the Premier League. But we move from Arsenal to Manchester United, Rahul, and I think I look at this match and it's 2 nil to Nottingham Forest in the first 10 minutes, and I'm wondering what is going on at Manchester United? Are they falling apart early? But... The classic Manchester United comes back to life and they do the comeback or the comeback kings as they were known back in the day. And they win 3-2. Bruno Fernandes with his classic penalty there. And I know Manchester United fans will hate me for saying that. But they grind out the result, Rahul. And it's one I think they needed given their slow start to the season as well. But what do you make of Man United? Do you think they're building slowly like they did last season? They're also finding their feet because they've they've made some changes. Agent Mason has gone in there. <laughs> Um, he's injured right now, but it, it's it's weird because they are a good side. We saw that last season, but they do have the tendency to concede a few goals and, and make mistakes. But at home, they always come back and find a way. Uh, but the Arsenal and the United games are happening at the same time. And I'm looking and I'm like, which one do I watch lose? Because they were both an interesting <laughs> story for me. And then United come back. So then I go to Arsenal. Arsenal come back. So then I come back. to It was just back and forth. But um, look, they, they needed a result. United did. They both face each other this season, uh, this weekend, I beg your pardon. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they fare. But it's it's three games in. It's, it's early. We saw United have a slow start and pick it up. And I expect that to happen. Uh, but... Not good when you can see two in, was it five minutes? And and maybe I was wrong with Onana. We'll see how this plays out with him being <laughs> the goalkeeper because I know that was your number one pick for him to join Chelsea. But as things stand, we've got our two goalkeepers and we're settled. Raul, you talked about Agent Kai, Agent Mason, Manchester City back to winning ways. There's no Agent Kova going on over there right now. And <laughs> last episode, I said, no Holland, no party for your fantasy Premier League. But this episode, I can say it's the Holland party all the way. I know he won you some valuable points, my friend, in the fantasy Premier League. But more importantly, he guides City and helps City to move on to their winning record with three and three. The only team with the perfect record. How scary is that? I said it was only three games for United and Arsenal. There you but go. <laughs> for City, it's it's enough to to go top of the table. And without Pep, who wasn't even at the at the game. But I, I know we focus on Haaland. I know we focus on all of the attacking players. But there's one player, Jackie, that's Rodri, that we, we don't really talk much about. Yeah. And maybe we talk about him here and there. But this guy can do everything a defensive midfielder should be doing. But then he just scores winners for fun. He scores in the <laughs> Champions League final, scores here, scores a few others throughout the season. How much would he go for with the amounts we've seen some of the other guys go for? <laughs> and that is a, a very good question. You would imagine upwards of the 150 mils at this point with the way the market is. But Rahul, I know Sheffield United recently promoted, but 
Some of the stats I'm reading here, my friend, is absolutely incredible. Sheffield United had 60 shots to Manchester City's 30 shots, which you know they just use this as target practice at this point in time. They had two shots on target, Manchester City uh, with nine, so ultimately I think that's where it lets them down on the goal scoring. But 80% of the ball, you, you know this was just a practice match for Manchester City to keep gearing up to their best as the season progresses. But let's wrap up Sunday, Rahul, with Newcastle versus Liverpool. Maybe another agent in there for Newcastle with Lewis Hall now joining them. Chelsea's got agents scattered all throughout the Premier League. But Newcastle 1-0 for the longest time. Virgil van Dijk gets a red card in the 28th minute. You know, Anthony Gordon scores. Of course, an Everton player would score against Liverpool in the 25th minute. And from there, you would imagine Newcastle would see this game out, Rahul. But who other than another player that had a tough season last year in Darwin Nunes coming on, scoring in the 81st minute to equalize, and you go, Liverpool will take this draw at this point. Ten men, they've fought back to get one. But 93rd minute, he crushes Newcastle's hopes and dreams. And I know, again, only three games in. But these are the games that make those statements. And Liverpool said, listen, we're struggling, but we're here to put on a performance. What do you make of Liverpool? Yeah, there's there's no agent on the Liverpool team, but I think Trent does his job pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> you had to slide um, that dig in there. Huh? <laughs> I did, I did. Um, no, look, we Newcastle are tough to beat at home, but somehow Liverpool always find a way, at least they have in the last few years. And this was one game where Newcastle were hurt more by the sending off than Liverpool because Liverpool just had to sit back, let Newcastle have the ball and and just defend and trust Allison to make the saves, which he did. And then I almost felt like I was watching Chelsea to a point where the, we they dominated possession, they created what they could, and then the other team gets two chances and gets two goals. <laughs> um, and it's just... It's good finishes from Darwin Nunez, who's who was linked with us earlier in the week. Um, I, I don't know what what's out there with that, but um, if he can finish like that, I'm I'm not against it. <laughs> uh, but no, you you got to give credit to Liverpool. They hung in there. They did what they had to. They took their chances. But Newcastle, this is where I think the the difference comes in between top four. And, and pushing further top two and pushing further in, in, in the other competitions. And I look around their team and I look around their manager and, and no disrespect to anybody, but they they can certainly learn on the job like they did with this game and maybe even the Man City game last week, but they just don't have the know-about and the knowledge of how to handle some of these games. And Liverpool do. They have the, they've got the killers in their team. Man City do. So I think Newcastle will find it a little bit difficult this season, especially when teams just sit back and, and they have to unlock them. But you you can't fault them too much because it's just it's just one of those things you 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 can't predict and can't defend those things. Our sponsors at Kickoff Coffee and their founder, Christian, is not going to be happy with your analysis because he's a big <laughs> Newcastle fan. So if you're listening to this episode, we may not have a coffee sponsor after this, after Rahul's analysis. <laughs> but all jokes aside, I do think they've not even joined Europe yet, Rahul. When Europe season kicks off for them, it's going to just make it a little more tougher. So good luck to them. I think they tried, but Liverpool showed that they have got that maybe history of being in these tough situations and able to find a way out with their manager who's got maybe just a little bit more experience as they go through it. So... That wraps up some of the Premier League results around there. Before we close out the episode today, let's talk about Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon. 
and we are playing them in the Carabao Cup. Rahul, before we start recording, you were sharing an interesting fact about AFC Wimbledon. We didn't know much about them, and so you were looking them up just to do a lot of research. What can you share and what have you found about them? Yeah, so it actually came up when you were asking me about have we played AFC Wimbledon? And I was like, it sounds like we have, but let me go look it up. So um, AFC Wimbledon, a fairly new club. They were founded in 2002. And before that, they were known as Wimbledon FC. But in August of 2001, the club announced its intent to relocate to Milton Keynes. And despite opposition from the, the fans, the Football League and the association gave permission to do so. So uh, in 2002, AFC uh, Wimbledon FC moved across uh, and AFC Wimbledon was formed by supporters that were against that move and said, you know what, we're going to start our own club. And that's kind of how this AFC Wimbledon team came together. And here we are 20, 21, 22 years later, where they get to play Chelsea for the first time ever in the Carabao Cup. It's quite interesting learning some of these new things about teams that are going on. About. So hopefully you as fans are learning with us as we do these segments and appreciate just the history of football and how recent in recent times things like this can happen. But well, let's transition on. Obviously, it's the Carabao Cup. I know we would love to win something, but I think Pochettino may use this as an opportunity to maybe play his second team or maybe some of the youngsters that haven't got enough of a run out in the team. Do you expect a change in formation as he does this, or do you expect him to stick to a back three for Wimbledon? I'm I, I don't know. I'm 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 not sure because I do expect that Thiago Silva will get a rest. Mm. So maybe he goes with the younger guys, which are Disasi and Kowal, and hopefully Badishile is on the bench and can come on and get a few minutes. But I do expect that we will go with the four here. So and I've said that in the last three games and I've been wrong. So Poch is keeping us on our to- toes with our analysis here. Let's stick with a four for discussion. But goalkeeper, Rahul, do you think we're gonna see Petrovic get a debut for this game? I'm not sure. He's just come in. He could. I know the MLS season was ongoing, so he was match fit. But I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe he won't be risked right now. So let's stick with Sanchez and goal right back. I think we only have Malagusto fit at this point in time for the right back position. Yeah, unless uh, Malang Sar is comes out now that Pochettino knows about it. <laughs> let's not open those can of worms with the disappearance of Malang Sar at this point in time. So with, we'll go with Malagusto for argument's sake. You talked about the Sasi and Levi Colwell in the center-back pairing. Left-back, Rahul, will we see Kukurea or will we see Ian Matson? I believe we'll see Ian Matson because mm. Kukurea is maybe moving across to Manchester United, maybe. Chelsea with the outgoings. We didn't even talk about that one, and they continue to find ways to, <laughs> to, to find solutions for players. Okay, so we'll see Matson at left back, hopefully. In the midfield pairing, if we're playing with the two, is it going to be Caicedo and Enzo? Is it going to be Conor Gallagher? Are we going to see Lavia make his debut? Your thoughts on this? Lavia on the bench. I'll go with Caicedo and... Leslie, because I can't say his last name. <laughs> I wanted to be brave and try as well, but I think Leslie is a good way to to say that. But Ugo Chukwu is his last name, yeah. maybe. So maybe I did all right there. But so it's going to be them two together, which is good. The attacking three, Rahul, who do you go with? Raheem Sterling in brilliant form, but maybe you give him a break for this one? 
I think so. You you bring Madueke on. He's coming off of maybe an injury that slowed down his preseason, so this is a game for him. Uh, maybe Mason Burstow mm. as the the striker. Give Nicholas Jackson, or you could start Jackson and bring Burstow on. It, it really depends on on how um, Pochettino wants to handle it. And if Mudrick is still injured, that we don't really have that many options on the wing, and that's why I, we were talking about bringing someone in. Uh, but maybe Washington can start as as an option too. But again, I don't know where he is with his fitness. Yeah, and one of the players we saw in preseason as well as Diego Moreira might be having uh, having an opportunity right. to yes. come play in at right side. Yeah, you might actually see the likes of. Washington play attack and maybe Jackson play a little deeper. So it remains to be seen or Conor Gallagher may play the number 10 position and come in with his fitness True. level. So uh, at this point, we're going to leave it up to that as the discussion. But Rahul, with all these changes, I'm going to ask you for a scoreline. <laughs> 2 nil. To who? <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> if, if we go out here... It's not only embarrassing, but it's going to slow down every positivity that we build up against Luton. So we we can't go out. <laughs> we cannot go out. Famous words from Rahul. I think given the fact that we're playing some of these younger team members and maybe they've not played enough football, I think we could potentially concede a goal here, Rahul. I'm going to say 3-1 to Chelsea. So we're going to score enough goals, but maybe we'll concede one and give a chance to AFC Wimbledon to come back. But... Why don't you take it take it home for us and give us your wrapping thoughts? Yep. So thanks for joining us, guys. It's been it's been a good episode. Uh, we have Wimbledon this midweek. First time we play in the second round of the Carabao Cup, probably since the last time we finished outside of the top eight. Um, but it's an opportunity for for Pochettino and the boys to continue building, and and that's what we want ahead of the Premier League game this weekend. But that wraps it up. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels on all podcast providers, Instagram, and on Twitter. It's at Premier Chels, and we will be back. Jackie will be back. I I will take a little break. Uh, But until then, stay safe and up the Chels. Hey, guys. The Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top-quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home, so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.